Nancy Matthews Elliott was a mother whose seven-year-old son had just burst into the front door sobbing. She listened as he told her all about how he had overheard his teacher saying there must be something wrong with him and he probably would be better off quitting school. Upon hearing this, the mother bundled up her son and brought him straight back to the school where she proceeded to tear a strip off of the teacher. You don't know what you're talking about. My son has more brains than you've ever had and so on. The son, upon hearing his mother staunchly defend him and his intelligence, determined then and there to make something of himself. And he did. You see, that seven-year-old boy, who, by the way, only lasted 12 weeks in formal school and was then homeschooled from then on, was none other than Thomas Edison. something invented by Thomas Edison, for example, next time you switch on a light, play recorded music, use a battery, or watch a movie, say a quick thanks to Nancy Matthews Elliott, who believed in little Thomas enough to launch her family into homeschooling. Homeschooling today certainly looks different than back then. We have virtual conferences, downloadable curriculum, reading buddies connecting on iPads from across the country, and other advances. But the heart of it, parents pouring themselves into the education of their own children, hasn't changed. And during the pandemic, we have parents embracing homeschooling at record numbers. Jackie and I are here today with Heather Frejo and Bettina Roberts. Two mothers who have taken up the challenge of homeschooling this year for the first time. Our conversation today will cover how the first few months of homeschooling have been, what kinds of things are going well, what challenges they might be facing, and what a typical day might look like. I'm Michelle Lamb, and this is the Research Connection Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Research Connection Podcast, the show that brings current expertise and cutting-edge research and connects it with users in the community. Heather, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Heather. I am. Uh, I stay at home part-time with my girls, obviously a little bit more now that we're doing this homeschooling thing. I'm also a licensed optician and work um, part-time at a clinic here in Brandon. And I've been here with my husband for 12 years. I've got two girls. I've got an eight-year-old and a two-year-old. Uh, my name is Bettina. I am... I work full time for a nonprofit organization um, that is a provincial organization. Um, so I do travel with work, but primarily my office is from home. I have three school age children in French immersion, uh, grade eight, grade six, and grade three. And uh, this year we are homeschooling while I work full time. So it's a balance. Are you bilingual? Je bien lire, I read well. Um, but I do have help, a lot of help for my older, my grade six and eight students. But I got the grade three covered. I'm better than her. So I'm really interested in this topic. I don't know that I would have been before the pandemic. And then starting in March, when we were all learning from home, I felt like my eyes were opened a little bit to the realities of trying to work and trying to teach kids from home. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to hear how things are going and what you've learned along the way. 
So our first question is, how did you end up homeschooling this year? This was a decision that was made with um, my husband and I and our physicians. Um, my husband has a terminal illness, uh, so he is highly at risk. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2017, and you know I feel like I'm pretty back to normal, but my oncologist said, no, you're not. So, um, you know, between the both of us, it was just sort of a no-brainer not to put our kids into school. Uh, we always hoped that we would return them to school this year if we felt, if we found a comfort level. Um, our daughter's grade six class was the first class in Brandon to have a COVID case. Um, and that Friday on the first week of school, um, we, I just said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're not dealing with this. The kids already have anxiety around COVID. But we were really impressed that that was the only case. It was isolated. It did not spread in the school. So that gives me some definite comfort knowing that I, I think the schools are doing the best. At least our, our school is doing the best that it could possibly do. But just with the way things are going, we, we decided that right now it's still not something we were comfortable doing with our three kids. Did it take a long time to decide or did you just sort of have a, an idea? No, you, this summer we thought about it an awful lot and we flipped and flopped between the remote learning option and actual homeschooling. And then I think for the last little bit of August, I went into denial and was like, I'm, I'm just not going to think about this. We're going to enjoy the summer in the pool and, and not care. And then September rolled around and I thought, well, if I don't put the kids in school for the first couple of weeks, that's okay. <laughs> and, and then it, it was just sort of finalized with, we, we have to make a decision and do this. So, yeah, I, I always said I would never, I could never homeschool my children because I love them too much <laughs> and it wouldn't work, but uh, it, it's okay. It's good. For us, it was really different. We don't, we are very, very lucky that we don't have any health issues and that wasn't really a factor in our decision making for us. Um, I know there was a lot of talk in the summer when the province was discussing whether the schools would go back in and how that would look and waiting to listen for cases and all that kind of stuff. And as the information kind of came to us and there was a lot of talk about the kids' mental health and how it's important for them to go back and have that little bit of normalcy with teachers and friends and the learning education just being better in school than remote learning and all that kind of stuff. When my husband and I were talking, we just kind of thought on the flip side of that, the mental health of our grade three daughter anyways, we just felt it would be better for her mental health to have a more consistent school year. And we felt that especially in the summer with the numbers in Brandon having spiked so drastically, um, we just thought, felt that the only way we could really give her a consistent school year that would just keep her um, not in and out of school. Cause we didn't, of course, everyone was like, well, how is this gonna look if someone gets sick, who has to stay home? And so we just felt that to give her the most consistent education, our best option was to keep her at home and um, do the homeschooling things. So that was one of the factors that we were considering. And I know a lot of the mental health discussions were on the other side of that debate and argument, but um, just for our family, that's what we felt was probably the best thing, at least in the immediate picture. The other thing was, you know, we were waiting for all this information to come out about what schools were doing and what was it gonna look like and how are the procedures and protocols going to fall. And I just, I just felt like 
the schools themselves were trying really hard and they just weren't given a whole lot of resources to work with. And so we just weren't comfortable with the lack of, I guess, details of the decisions that were being made as to how these kids were going to be kept safe and how the cohorts were going to look and how um, masks and no masks and all of those things. I just felt like it was all sort of up in the air and it wasn't building a whole lot of confidence in us. So that was um, the other big part of it. The third thing was we had always when I say we, I mean more I, had always been interested in homeschooling. It was always something that was sort of in the back of my mind. I have family that homeschools and has always homeschooled. And so it wasn't really a foreign concept to us going into the year. I kind of knew what it could possibly look like. Um, I could see the benefits of some of it. And so I thought, you know, this is sort of forcing me to take that step because I knew it also wasn't going to be easy. And so it kind of forced me to say, okay, if I want to try, then now's a really great time to give it a go. So that was sort of our process in thinking about it. And um, I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing for us when we feel like the numbers have come down or when there's, you know, when our daughter really starts asking about going back to school and whatnot, then we'll consider putting her back in. But for now, this is what feels right for our family. And how have the first few months been? I was just going to say, we've actually, we're really enjoying it. Um, it has challenges for sure. It's been going better than I expected, I can say. I was just very fearful that it was going to be um, a fight to keep her on task. And I've always said children learn better from teachers than their parents because it's not their parent. And so I was really curious as to how that was going to go. But so far it's gone really well. She's really risen to the challenge of learning from home and learning from me. And she's been very patient with her very green, well, her non-teacher, I guess. <laughs> We've learned together how this is gonna look. So, so far, so far it's been going well for us. I, I agree with Heather. I am overly surprised with how well every, all three of them have adjusted to learning at home. I really envisioned more battles. We certainly have some. <laughs> um, my youngest is a very spirited little thing, so uh, she uh, she can put up some resistance, but she always comes back around. But for the most part, we've really enjoyed learning together. I've been able to pull together some curriculum that is a review for my older students, my older kids, but uh, a great new learning experience, so they're learning together. They're helping each other. We're having the best conversations, which I'm really enjoying with my kids. You know, we're talking about things that I used to say, what did you do at school? Nothing. What did you learn today? Nothing. How was school? Fine. But now I'm a part of those conversations and those learning journeys. And I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's, it's been really great. Yeah. Uh, we did, so we went fully homeschool. Um, we were eligible because of our medical necessity to do remote learning. So um, we did try the remote option for about a week and a half uh, because at first I was really worried about the French and that I was going to do a disservice to Connery, who's in grade eight, because I, I didn't want to um, compromise his concept learning in French, for especially for maths and sciences going into high school. You know, he's so fluent, it's fabulous, but I wanted to make sure he had that language too. So I negotiated with the remote learning about doing um, just French language and math in French, but it didn't work. 
remote learning is so different than homeschooling. Um, so what we did in March to June, it, it's so different. I, I, we found we couldn't be on that schedule of someone else's um, curriculum, someone else's due dates, assignments, things like that. I, I all of a sudden was removed because they were off learning online and I, I wasn't a part of it. And it just, it didn't work. So the homeschooling has been absolutely fabulous. Have there been challenges? I'm sure there's been challenges. So maybe the question is what have the challenges been in the first few, few months? So like I said, um, one of our big challenges because our student, my children are French immersion was me really coming to grips with myself that I could manage this and not do a disservice to the kids. But I think our, my children have learned that they're also teaching me which they think is fantastic. So the older two are correcting me, I'll say a sentence in French and then they'll translate it for me and then I'll repeat it back to them so that I'm giving them instructions um, in French. And, and so that's been really great for them. It, they, I think they feel really powerful that they're teaching mom, right? And, and I think that's good for them. So that was, that was definitely a challenge. The other challenge was trying to figure out how not to be the mom and how to be the teacher at that moment. So to really block out the rest of what's happening in our life and in our home so that the way we, you know, when we're focusing on school, we're focusing on school and I'm not still, you know, kind of upset at the kids who didn't clean the cat litter or walk the dog or, you know, nope, we're in school right now, right? And uh, so compartmentalizing that was a bit of a challenge at first, but we've come up with a really good routine. And then finding out how each of them learn. That's been a challenge, but also a really neat blessing because I've learned so much about my kids as people. What their triggers are, what their, what really what works with them to motivate them and to just see when they're successful, how it just sort of blossoms. So it's been, a, it's been a lesson for me too. How not to react back as a mom when your child is crumpling up the paper and saying, I'm stupid and I can't do this. Um, you know, how to keep that teacher facade and help them get back on track. So it's been a challenge. I've slightly figured it out. <laughs> so, yeah. I think the first challenge that we had was just trying to find curriculum. Um, it's not that you're handed curriculum and saying, okay, now teach this from home, um, which I knew going in, but when I started looking at curriculum and trying to decide what was best and how she was going to learn best, that was a real challenge for me. I, at first I really, really tried to follow the management education guidelines as far as what grade three students were going to be learning and then I was trying to match and I just realized that homeschool curriculum does not follow Manitoba guidelines and there's no way you can do that without going crazy um, and so once we figured out what was going to work best for her and found information that she was both interested in and that followed her grade level, um, it worked a lot better, but just trying to find curriculum that was going to work. And we have changed. It's only end of October, but we have switched things up already because we were just finding, okay, this is not going to work for her. This is not how, like Bettina said, you have to figure out how your kids learn and what is going to inspire them to learn. And I've definitely figured out some things that she loves to do and some things that she does not enjoy doing and doesn't make her inspired to learn and continue. And it falls flat really fast. So you have to kind of figure out how to teach on the go because some things just don't work. So that was our initial challenge was just trying to find curriculum that I felt was going to 
give her the smoothest transition back into the public school system since that is our goal. Um, I didn't want her to go back into school and struggle and not know the concepts that her um, peers had already learned, but at the same time not feeling like I was a prisoner to trying to keep up and match what they were doing. So that was, that was the biggest thing. Um, our other challenge has been keeping focused, um, both for her and I, because there's still dishes to do and I have a two-year-old to look after who wants nothing to do with staying quiet while her sister learns. And so trying to balance the home life with the homeschool life has been a challenge. And so we are getting there and we are figuring that out, but just trying to stay focused when other activities are going on in the same house. And then for me personally, it's uh, a time commitment. It's a huge time commitment, which is great. And I love learning along with her. Like Bettina said, it's awesome to watch your kids learn and grab concepts and just run with them and enjoy it. But not having a break, um, just like going from teacher to mom to working. And that's been a challenge just to kind of try to find that that place where everyone is getting what they need. I thought that would be like the first thing you both said because you're both still working. So I thought that would be like number one on your list. But um, What does a typical day look like? So working for a very flexible organization has allowed me to, I, I make my own hours. So when I said to them, I'm going to homeschool, I'm blocking off the morning. So I am not available until noon or maybe one in the afternoon. So we have set up our day so that academics start um, typically around 8.45 in the morning. I've recently had surgery, so I've slept in a little bit. So we've gotten a little flexible with that, which is kind of nice. Um, but sort of 8.45 till noon or one. And we, we take a break in there where everyone can run off and grab a hot chocolate or a snack or something. They love making their hot chocolate and bringing it back to class. We've set up our family room downstairs in our basement to house all of our school supplies and a couple of folding tables for the girls. And, uh, you know, so we have all of our stuff in one area. So generally we start with math in the morning. Um, I went back to the basics with the kids. Multiplication has always been my bane of existence that my children did not have mental capability to pull out their multiplication. Um, so we've got that down now. My kids can do them backwards and forwards to 12. And that, so back to mad minutes, like when I was a kid, <laughs> they hate it but it's worked. Um, so then we use um, some online French learning for math. So math is about an hour or so. Then we rotate through, you know, grammar lessons, an English lesson, history. We're sort of focusing on history and geography and maybe start science after, after Christmas. So we rotate through three to four subjects each day. And then when the weather was nice, we had field trip Fridays. Because like Heather had said, staying focused is sometimes hard. And, you know, so Friday was our day to go out and do something interesting. Um, we used our neighbors across the street. Uh, one is a doctor of um, ornithology. So she studies birds. So we went out on a hike with her and, and did that. Her husband's a geography professor at BU. So he took us up to an esker and we did field studies, which was really great, which we worked back into geography. And then in the afternoons, the kids are expected to do independent work while I'm working. So that's when they're, you know, doing whatever lessons or making up, doing reading or novel study, um, those kind of things. So even though we only learn till one or 
noon or so with me as the teacher, they're still expected to utilize their time, whether they take a break right after or whichever, but they have to get that independent study done. It's been working, you know? So I, that's how I stayed focused by turning off my phone and not answering emails until noon. It means I work more on the weekends, but it's what you have to do. Our day looks um, a little bit different than Bettina's and I think probably to do with, I only have one child to teach and so it goes um, a little bit quicker. We do, we're usually done, I always say I wanna be done by noon, but there's something that comes up. And so we're usually ending around 1, 1.30. You know, we'll have lunch in there and whatnot. So our typical day, we try to get to the table around nine um, and start there. We do, we generally start with ELA. I let Camila choose um, what she wants to start with because I'm just not willing to fight about which subject goes first. So we usually start with, it'll be either be math or ELA. We do those every day. And so we have an ELA curriculum that we have been using and it is quite comprehensive, I find. So I, it has a little bit of, um, they have to read 20 minutes every day and then usually answer a question about the book that they're reading. Um, there are grammar lessons. There's a poetry book that goes along with it, which I honestly can say I thought we were just going to skip at the beginning of the year because I thought, there's so much other stuff to do, like maybe we can just skip reading these poems, but I found it extremely helpful for her because she tends to, she reads really fast. And so it's been a very good lesson for her to read poetry and have to slow down and have to read every word and have to catch the rhythm of the poem. So we haven't actually skipped that. It's been a very, very good and surprising lesson for her. Um, and then there's the grammar, the pronouns, all of that, like very bare bones, basic English stuff she's learned about um, writing sentences and compound sentences and simple sentences and adjectives. So it's really increased her ability to, to write. So we will usually do ELA or math first. Each of those take maybe about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how long the lesson is and how quick she can grasp the concepts. Um, and both of those have an independent practice. So usually I'm with her for about 20 minutes going through the lesson and then she's got about 20 minutes or half an hour of independent work where she will do her writing or she will do her math worksheets or that sort of thing. And then we flip back and forth between social studies and science. So we do for sure the two, the ELA and the math every day and then social studies and science um, kind of on alternate days. We aim for a four day school week, but often that will fall into the fifth day just because we've missed something or there's an experiment she wants to do or that kind of thing. So that's how we do it because I'm still working part-time outside of the house. I teach her three days of the week and then my husband and I work opposite. And so he's shift work. And so on the days that he's home, he does homeschooling. On the days I'm home, I'm, I do homeschooling. So you're both doing like homeschooling where you're in charge of curriculum and you're planning everything, do you still have connections to the local school or to supports through the school division or is it just you're doing your own thing now? So like I said, originally I did connect with the remote homeschooling teacher um, and unfortunately that didn't work, but she, they were absolutely fabulous at trying to accommodate what we needed. Um, and they were more than open to only having us attend half days and whatever we really needed. So I, I really appreciated it. It just didn't work. This, my children attend Equal New Era and that school is such a community. I absolutely love those teachers. And when I originally decided to homeschool, I reached out to all of the teachers that my 
kids would have. And I, and I said, ideally, we want to have them back. So, you know, I, I know you can't teach us, but if there's any way you can just at least help me understand what you're working on so that I can loosely follow that. They were super at helping to do that, just giving us a loose guideline so that I had an idea. Kinsey was able to meet the teachers she would potentially have and reduce some of her anxiety about what that would look like if she chose to go back. So I know that if we do decide, we'll, we'd be more than able to connect with those teachers and work on a transition. We have a lot of outside community support. Um, our oldest son, his girlfriend is bilingual. So she comes and assists teaching once to twice a week when it fits her work schedule. So that's great, uh, Mademoiselle Coley comes in. And so she does a lot of the oral French presentations with Connery and Hennessy. Um, she corrects a lot of their French writing. They do um, creative journal writing where they'll read an article and then they have to report uh, a written report on it and then present orally too. So she does that sort of thing. Uh, like I said, we utilize our neighbors across the street who also are bilingual, which is great, but for different science and, and geography purposes. And then I have family in Ontario who are bilingual as well. So Connery and Hennessy have an email chain going where they have to have written conversation back and forth. And they, they send their French writing to their aunt Sandra. So she corrects it and edits and, and assists them. So I'm very fortunate that way as far as that French part. And then um, when, this, when my kids have to do oral presentations, they, they present to dad and I, and we have a marking rubric. But then they also take it to other family members and present. So Hennessy just did a novel study on the root cellar and made a timeline. So she's presenting that to her grandparents. And we did an English creative writing on, on uh, Halloween stories. And I am so impressed. Like Heather said, we've been doing a lot of the basic grammar structure. Um, but I'm so impressed with what Kinsey in grade three was able to pull out as far as creating this spooky story with, you know, foreshadowing and a climax and using all of these types of, of adjectives and adverbs. And, um, and then Hennessy and Connery each did that too. So we're presenting that on Halloween. We're going around and sharing those and they're, they're absolutely brilliant. Um, so it really does take a community, I think, to learn. And um, I feel like the school will be totally open to whatever we need should we decide to go back. And we've got a lot of good friends and neighbors and family who are helping us get through this. So. We have also had great um, conversation, not conversations, but just communication with the school. Um, I too text or emailed the principal and Camila's teacher in late August when we did make the decision to keep her home. And they were both just so good about, you know, we totally understand why you're doing this and she's more than welcome to come back you know, whenever she's ready or you're ready. And so that has been really good as well as, you know, if there's anything that we can help you with, if you, if you need, um, if you have questions or need information, just, you know, let us know. So that's been really nice. I haven't had to use that um, connection or, or had a lot of concerns as of yet. Um, but just knowing that it's there and that the teachers and principal are very understanding and willing to help and want to support us in, her education is just really, really nice to know. As my sister has homeschooled now for five years, she has been a huge support to me. Um, she has answered a lot of questions that I've had. She's had a lot of suggestions. We started read alouds. Um, so I will read a chapter or two. I, I started with, we're gonna read a chapter a day and it'll sort of be a month for one book and a month for the next book. 
but both the girls and I couldn't maybe stop after one chapter each day. So we've been doing read alouds um, with them and they have really, really enjoyed that. And my sister, her kids are the same age, uh, around the same age as my girls. And so it's been really nice. We were reading the same book at the same time. So they've had FaceTime chats to be able to discuss books and storylines and sort of not had classmates in that way, but been able to discuss what they're learning with other kids. So that's been a good support for us, just them feeling like somebody else is doing the same thing at the same time. But it's it's been working for us so far. I'm delighted with what you're doing. And a couple of things that I would like to comment about. Um, first of all, what you're describing is many of the experiences that I've had as a classroom teacher and the things that I get to see with kids. And it almost makes me feel like every parent needs to take a time of homeschooling to get to see that part because it's, I think it's, I always feel like it's hard for parents to understand how much I appreciate their children because we often talk when there's a, you know, there's an issue that we have to figure out between home and school. And I think it's hard to understand all of that genuine brilliance that I see from all kids in the classroom. Like there's days when each one of them shines and it's, it's really awesome to hear parents being able to have those experiences too. And I'm, it, it's outstanding the things that you're doing and just to be able to have some one-on-one -on -one time with your kids and do those things with them. The other piece that I'm responding to, Heather, is just your last story about the read-alouds because I always say that I never would have been a successful student if my mom didn't do that with me every day. And she did it with me every day all the way through high school. We did read-alouds in my home, partly because I was a resistant reader. And you know, I wouldn't have read my novels in high school if she didn't read them with me. And I have a PhD and I always say that I have her to thank for it because she never let me off the hook for stopping reading or for just giving it up. And I'm still a little bit, like I think I read slowly compared to other people that have as much education as I do. But I, that's a really important piece. And your daughter will always benefit from that. So that's cool. Yeah, we've really, we have honestly just really enjoyed it. I never did do a lot of read alouds with, with her just because she loves reading. And so she was always happy. No, mom, I'll read it myself. Or no, I, I'd rather just read it in my head. And it was my sister who really encouraged me to do read alouds because she said it was one of her favorite parts of the day and her kids' favorite parts of the day. And I think the kids can just relax and get lost in their imagination and that creates so many good conversations like Bettina said we just have the most brilliant conversations um, about what we're learning together and so the read alouds really help with that. I, uh, I agree we we end every day with a, a read um, the girls and I Connery at 13 he's sort of grown away from that but we do a lot of um, reading back in the class but one of the things I did for Kinsey, because she's a resistant reader as well, and French reading is, is even harder for her. She has a reading buddy in Ontario. My girlfriend is a French immersion teacher, and she's homeschooling in Ontario. So she reads aloud to a little guy in kindergarten. And she just feels so grown up being the one, being able to read to him. 
And uh, so that, that's been really positive. So I, I think that the reading buddies, the reading aloud, but making that a joint experience between peers, like you said, Heather, whether it's not necessarily a classmate, but it's somebody going through the same kind of experience has, has been really positive. I really like the, I think one of my favorite things, you, you touched on this, I think, Jackie, when you said the time spent. Um, Kinsey has a, a late birthday, so she's December 28th. And so I could have sent her to school to kindergarten when she was four, but we didn't. We waited until she was five since she was three days off that cutoff. And I was so excited to get one more year with, with my baby at home when she was going into kindergarten. Um, but that's when I was diagnosed with cancer. So I really didn't get that kindergarten experience. She would come home in the afternoons because it was half day and I'd end up falling asleep. We'd have a snuggle and I'd, I'd sleep. So having that time now with them, I, I want to send them back to school at some point. This is not sort of a long-term plan, I don't think. But the thought of doing that, I already miss them thinking about it because I am so valuing this time that we have um, watching them grow. And then the conversations we have around the dinner table when their dad gets home and he sits down and they start telling him about their day. It's so in depth compared to what we used to get when they were at school. We would hear about peer conflicts at school or somebody did this on the playground or, or I did this in gym class, but we didn't hear about what they were learning, right? And not that they didn't learn and they weren't excited because I absolutely saw that, but we didn't get to share in it the same way. And so now it's just so exciting to hear them talking about, you know, scurvy at the kitchen table and, and <laughs> the Canadian fur trade, which they, they would never regurgitate back to us. So it's really exciting to see that, that interest and have them share it with us because it's in their house and it's all around them now. So. I love that. I think that's a really beautiful place to wrap up. It's just a, a beautiful sentiment, maybe. Um, but I don't want to cut anyone off. If you did have something that you really wanted to add in, no? The only thing I would like to add in is that what I hear from both of you is another thing that I always experience as a teacher is how much I learn when I'm teaching. And that it's always amazing to me. And I have taught now all the way from kindergarten to um, through grad school. Um, and it doesn't matter how old the students are. And it doesn't really matter what they're learning about. I learn from them because they bring unique things into the space with me. And I love that part of it. And I hear it in, you know, in your reflections about your work. And so thank you so much for coming and for sharing your stories with us because it, it's been a great conversation. Thank you for listening to the Research Connection podcast. You can visit our website for links to everything that was mentioned in the episode and for more Research Connection content at www.brandonu.ca slash bu-cares. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you can stay up to date with current research that impacts your community. Thank you.